Time to go back to the beginning and do it all over again on Overview with Asteroid G. You're listening to Not So Live from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein. With me, as always, is... Josh Schaefer. And Queen Bee. And we are talking today about The Boys, the Amazon TV series specifically, uh, about the terrible future that is superheroes. Like, it... This is a Ennis comic book series, wasn't it, Josh? Yes. Yes. And yep. he basically shits on superheroes in that whole comic book, showing the commercialization of them and how if people actually had those powers, they'd be terrible people. I think it's as much a discussion about, like, politics as it is just the comic book industry in general. Yeah. Gar- yeah. You mean, I mean, Garth Ennis is probably one of the more political writers out there yeah so i mean he also did preacher yeah which, which is... i mean we can touch upon that tv show too if you want but wow that tv show fell apart yeah it yeah, did. It did. Yeah. yeah it did that's all yeah. we need to say about that the comic <laughs> is brilliant the first season and a half is brilliant oh my god then it just goes off the rails yeah don't know what happened what was it? Because they, they had a lot of source material. Yeah, so much source material. They, uh, I tried to watch, what was it, the fourth season or whatever, when he ends mm-hmm. up going back home to the swamps and makes a soul bond with his grandmother or something. Oh my god, I'm just like so bored with it at this point. Yeah. yeah. Wow, you got to season four? <laughs> I tried. I liked the I vampire. Could, I, couldn't get, I couldn't get past... Season one, episode one. I was bored out of my mind. It picks up in first season, but then then yeah. it just the I, I had I think a lot of it is the vampire. The vamp the that 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 Irish vampire they have on the show is hilarious. Yeah, I mean he was the only saving grace in the the later episodes of or seasons of the Misfits. Oh, was he on there too? Mm-hmm. Okay, you yeah, know, he's a fantastic it's, uh, actor. It's Howard Stark, younger years. <laughs> he's a. I mean, he's the um. The the best like a fantastic villain and really crazy in Lockout too. So yeah, yeah. So. The actor is great. Yeah, he just yeah. Uh, yeah. The show was just boring. That's fine. But the boys is at least somewhat better than Preacher at this point. I would actually oh, argue much that better. The second season is much better than the first in my opinion. But it does still have that same uh, superheroes are bullshit and it's all crass commercialism vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. Which, which I, I, I could totally see it in the real world. Yeah. I could totally see it. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's funny that, you know, it's a show all about the crass commercialization of it. And then Amazon, of course, you know, tries to dole it out in single episodes to keep you coming back and keep you hooked and is planning a spinoff that wasn't originally in the comic book series. And it's like, you're taking your show about crass commercialization and making it commercialized, guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> the irony was apparent to me. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just yeah. 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 So the show it it's it takes a little while to get going the first few episodes, but there are a mm. few different viewpoints to the show that we learn about. One is Huey. Uh he's a normal guy who works at a computer equipment store and he and his girlfriend are just about to move in together and get engaged, and she takes a step out into the street and basically gets run through by a train. The this show's version of the Flash, basically, mm-hmm. and is liquefied. He Huey holds onto her hands, and the rest of her is just obliterated. So he 
naturally, because this was the girl he was going to spend the rest of his life with, is grieving. Where we are illustrated that superheroes in this universe are essentially untouchable. Because he gets, what, $4,000 or something for his fiance's death and a pat on the head yeah. and i think it's more like 20 grand but, but still, still yeah. there's like 45k and the a train was just like oh yeah sorry it's, it's 45k i looked it up i'm looking at it right now oh. okay so yeah but like see he's like sorry bro yeah <laughs> yeah like it was like the most insincere apology too yeah so he ends up landing with billy butcher who is the fantabulous carl urban uh mm-hmm. and his team of basically I mean, more or less superhero vigilantes. They're normal people who fight superheroes, honestly, at times in the least effective ways possible. But <laughs> that their whole point is to do violence to the superheroes that the superheroes do to everyone else. Because, as we learn, the Vought Corporation owns the superheroes. They have their elite team of superheroes, the Seven, with Homelander, who is Superman, Queen Maeve, who is basically Wonder Woman, Black Noir, who's more or less Batman, and so on and so forth. And they are, they're corporately controlled by Vought. Vought makes the toys, Vought makes the merchandise, Vought has the restaurants based on the superheroes, Vought makes all the movies tied to these superheroes. So it's basically Marvel and Disney if they owned the superheroes physically as well as just the ideas of them. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we have Starlight, who is a new superhero coming on to replace a fallen member of the Seven. I don't even remember who it was that died, but they needed a new superhero. Lamplighter. Uh, yeah, Lamplighter. Okay. Oh, so that okay. That's a nice turnaround back to second season. Thank you guys for reminding yeah. me. Um. So she comes on and she basically has electricity powers that allows her to like shoot out beams from her hands and some other stuff, and she's also bulletproof and kind of powerful but she's a new, new to it and she has ideals that are quickly crushed under the heel of Vought. so those are our perspectives there is the corporation and huey and the boys the group that billy butcher leads and starlet mm-hmm. okay so there's our five minute recap which got way out of control for me and i didn't expect to talk nearly that much so <laughs> thoughts on the show from that perspective and forward from you guys so i don't have to keep talking well, okay, so I'll I'll get into this because I've only seen the show. So um, looking at the show from somebody who is basically going, you know, I have no interest in watching this and then basically going, there's nothing else to watch. So I decided that we would watch it. And actually, it's pretty damn funny. So uh, you get you get four and a half stars for me on the on the whole series so far. The, the thing that kind of hits me the most is, I guess, the deep. And his relationship with the water mammals that he has relationship with. Yeah. Right. And I just feel so bad for all of the water animals in this show Mm. because they get, they become sushi. I mean, really, that's what it comes (laughs) down to. And I just feel so bad for them. He has more than one drunk bender where he ends up getting like whales and other things just killed. (laughs) Yes. It's hilarious, but so wrong. Yeah. Well, and he also makes like intimate relations, like personality-wise, with with all these animals too, and they all end up yes. getting killed in horrific and yeah. terrible ways, violent yeah. ways. 
so so looking at it from the perspective of let's say like Rick and Morty for example because this is a, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a comparison I can make here. So you've got a whole group of people that know what they're doing and have like not necessarily have powers necessarily because Rick and Morty doesn't, but they're all in on the know and they're able to capable and able to handle themselves. And then you have the deep who is like Rick and Morty's Jerry more or less. He's yeah. he, that's I mean that's Aquaman and that that's supposed to be Aquaman. He's just kind of useless for the most part. Uh, the show makes you want to hate the deep because he's also kind of a rapist of sorts. Yeah, I was like, he's a little rapey. He's a little rapey. I was getting to that, so he's he's yeah. not as good as Jerry because Jerry's just an idiot. But um, at the same time, after he goes through this, the show then revels in abusing the shit out of the deep <laughs> over and over again. And I get it; he's worthy of being abused. But you get the vibe that everyone else in the corporation, all the other superheroes, are just as bad. But by and mm-hmm. large, it's just the deep that gets punished. Because he's the easy one to punish. He, it's Aquaman. He's so easy to yeah. punish. Yeah. Because <laughs> he, he was the one that was outed too. Yeah. So he's got gills and he lives on land the whole time. And you're sitting there going, "Deep, go back home or something." Shit. <laughs> so. Yeah, he's he's easy to abuse, and he's so he's trying so hard to get back into the seven. By That's second what season, yeah, yeah. He he just makes all of the wrong choices constantly. <laughs> yes. yes, and I guess you have to appreciate the actor who plays him because he plays him fall- flawlessly. Oh yeah, no, I mean, he plays a perfect yeah. shit heel. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, and Penn Oswald as the Gills is even better. Oh god, yeah, that was the voice of his Gills <laughs> when he was talking to himself. That was. It was so wrong. It was amazing. <laughs> There's a lot of very funny moments on the show. I think my issue, especially with the first season, was that, like, it holds Ho- Homelander, who's a terrible, terrible person. It's like, so, okay, so I got I to gotta backtrack for a second. Homelander is Superman. He's got the mm-hmm. same powers to a T. So he's, he's a very obvious riff on Superman. It's just if, you know, his truth, justice, and the American way part was cranked up to 11 and only focused on the American way and not the truth and justice part. Right. So he's he's terrible. He's a scientist-raised super baby uh, who's nigh invulnerable and has no moral compass whatsoever. And he's basically Superman if Superman were to go bad. And I would appreciate that more in the first season of the show if we didn't already have things like Brightburn and uh, Irredeemable and everything else that's out there. You know, it's like the whole idea that Superman could go bad and, oh, no, we have to worry about that is an idea that even DC Comics has beaten into the ground at this point. And it's just not Mm -hmm. creative. They do more with Homelander by giving him, you know, a Nazi girlfriend in the second season. Spoiler. Um and that that makes him more interesting as a character, but just as a super he, Superman analog on his own, he's not really thrilling. No, I mean Superman's kind of like that at times too. Superman can be interesting. Them. DC Comics uh, actually has a lot of movies they've been putting out lately that make Superman interesting. But yeah. you are right; in the wrong hands, Superman can be a complete snore. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think out of all of the characters, I mean, I I like. Um... Starbright because she's the most innocent. Yeah. I like I like a Queen Maeve because you know she's she seems to be she understands her plight. Like get the, she gets she gets the fact that this isn't what we should be doing. This is what yeah. we should be doing, but I can't do what's right because I'm going to be killed if I do. Kind of situation. Yeah, you get the vibe um, that if Homelander were taken down, 
then Maeve would take over the team. It would be a very different, different system team. in place. Yeah. yeah. But my favorite character, at least in the first season, is Black Noir. Because <laughs> he, it went, for basically doing absolutely nothing, he, and because you don't get to see his face, yeah. he, he's the one that you see basically playing the piano. Like there's a scene where they're at a party and they have a piano player there and he basically just kind of walks up and makes the guy get up and leave so that he can start playing piano. I mean, it's it's <laughs> that little, those little things that he does, yeah, that that are really kind of make his character his character, which is really good. I also like the detail that the easiest way to defeat him in the second season is to shove him almond joy in his mouth because he's got a tree mm-hmm. nut allergy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> like like that, uh, Batman is uh, is uh, undefeatable except for you know when he eats an almond joy. <laughs> Yeah, nut allergy, exactly. <laughs> oh, just kick his, his inhaler away and he's stuck. Oh, it's hilarious. It's so wrong. <laughs> and I'm sure all the other characters can die just as easily if you know what they're, yeah. you know. Which the real Batman would know. Right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it's a, the, the, our conversation so far hints at a huge failing of the first season especially. And it's that... All the interesting characters are not the boys themselves. Right. Josh? Yes. Because I think everyone has just, like, enough of a storyline to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, they they give Um, depth to Billy Butcher and his comrades, Mother's Milk, and then by second season, uh, Frenchie. Frenchie, Like, they, they get some backstory that makes them a little more deep, but they don't do a whole hell of a lot. I think the no. problem with the, sh- the, the the show trying to illustrate that they are constantly getting one-upped by Vought makes them into the point where they're just kind of inconsequential to their own show. Right. And that's kind of what I'm starting to feel too because like in the comic books they had much more of an impact and like even in season one they took out a couple soups and had a larger impact, but I feel like in second season, it's just kind of turned into the, what kind of fucked up shit can Homelander do this time? Yeah. The, the, the most important thing they do about in second season is out the fact that Stormfront, who has a very obviously Nazi name, if you know anything right. about politics, uh, they out her as an, an actual Nazi, like a 120 year old Nazi. Uh, and I mean that that they they dump the the all the files they get on her, but they weren't the ones to get the files. They were just a convenient source for someone else to pass it to them. And then the second they do that, like someone else ends up having to kill her. So it's like they didn't really do that much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm kind of hoping that this the third season has a little bit more world building because like uh and i don't want to spoil too much but what happens at the end of season two with the butcher storyline like yeah i feel like that could have been more built upon like i don't know i just felt like it was kind of like oh that happened <laughs> there's you know? a lot of that that's that's I, it's like they have very specific points they're trying to write towards but when they get to a certain episode count they either have to hit that point whether they finish it or not, it reminds me a lot in that respect of Game of Thrones. Right, right, yeah. yeah. I mean, the execution is much better than Game of Thrones, yeah. especially the yeah. last part, but... Yeah. Like, I, I feel like the end of Season 2 is kind of just like a big setup for Season 3, and that irks me sometimes because, mm. you know... Yeah. 
Well, and let's, yeah. let, we are going to spoil stuff, so if you haven't seen the show and somehow you've listened to us talk for 15 minutes about it so far, shame on you. Um, but spoilers. <laughs> uh, so this is something that I read in a couple of articles. I didn't pick up on it at the time, but I've thought about it afterwards. So my review doesn't reflect this, but I want to get your guys' opinion on it. And that is that we we see Stormfront get taken down, the Nazi but then a new villain emerges, who is a character we've been watching like grow through this this whole season as a secondary character. Um, the Democratic senator, whose name I can't remember, but like she's kind of positioned as an AOC analog, Alexandria oh. Ocasio Cortez, and then it's mm-hmm. revealed that she's a supervillain who can make people's heads explode with her mind, and so it's like. One, that twist comes out of nowhere, considering some earlier scenes uh, where she reacts very differently to that stuff going on around her, and it doesn't quite make sense. But also, it's the fact that, are they trying to say, like, like, well, like Trump does, both sides are corrupt, and, you know, the left is just as bad as the right, and we had a Nazi on one side, but AOC is just going to be as bad, because in this universe, she has a superpower where she can make people's heads explode. How do you feel about, like, is there a false equivalency there? Is there not? What are your thoughts? I mean, I don't know if I like the AOC uh, parallel, but, yeah, but, like, I, I don't disagree with that, because I think that, especially in U.S. politics, like, the right is far right and the left here is just right of center, you know? So maybe just left of center depending, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't, I think the further left you get, the more compassion you have. And I find it hard to believe that AOC would use that type of ability for any reason. Like, yeah, I think I I think I agree with you in that respect, and in part because the show never establishes that their quote unquote analog, if they are going for a false equivalency or not, is actually a Democrat. It's just a senator who really wants to bring down Vought at any choice, at any chance she has. Yeah. So. And and like that, that I guess is a little bit more left leaning, you know. But but when you look at like what's going on, like the uh, from what I remember anyway and i kind of forget the political side of the boys but homelander was trying to strong arm an amendment to using uh-huh. superheroes in the military and the current administration was kind of like eh, no uh which seems to me kind of more of a democratic take yeah. than a republican take yeah so um yeah so i i, I don't know like that that whole plot line just didn't make sense to me yeah it's if a we're weird looking twist. at it through well, yeah, I think like... it's it's a classic commentary on all power corrupts. Yeah. Oh. So yeah. I mean, everything, all superheroes, is that you you look at any superhero movie. Just we'll just take the most recent one with the Justice League. Okay. Um, if you have power, regardless of how good your intentions are, if you use that power incorrectly, you know shit happens so it's the you know spider-man what's the classic saying for spider-man um with great power you have to make instant rice yes (laughs) right exactly so when you (laughs) so um you have to make sure that um all power has a checks and balances and essentially that's what our founding fathers tried to set up 
and kind of failed in the long run. And have failed. I mean, if you look out, there wasn't Democrats and Republicans in the very beginning. Democrats and Republicans didn't come along until 40, 50, 60, 100 years later. I mean, they had to go through the Whig Party. They had to go through the Democratic Republican Party. I mean, there's lots... They didn't, and they didn't want yeah. a, a political parties initially. It just kind of happened because people like to group themselves, and then the Clicks system built yeah. Yeah. and then the system built itself around political parties, and they've cemented themselves in, mm-hmm. despite what the founding fathers wanted. Yeah. So I mean, it it just happens to be that you know there's left, there's right, there's conservative, there's liberal, there's Democrat, there's Republican. And in this particular show, they show the basically the the we know who the wrong is because we know we can see them utilizing their power to gain only money mm-hmm. and fame. Yeah. So and then you have the people who are struggling and who have had losses and they're all basically, you know, they're lost because corporations win. Well, and I, I don't necessarily buy into the false equivalency myself, but I did feel like I owed it to us to discuss it. Um, no fair. I feel like more along the lines of the boys is just kind of mimicking what Ennis would say, which is that, one, anyone with superpower is corrupted already, and you can't trust any of them. So the senator who ends up having a superpower is just as bad as everyone else, because the second you have a superpower, you're going to be corrupt. Um, mm-hmm. But I also feel like it's also w- well within Ennis's political writing to say, all political parties suck, and you can't trust any politicians, and fuck the system. Right. So, well, in, in both some regards. places, he's not wrong. So, <laughs> I mean, sometimes. sometimes. And sometimes you have to choose the lesser evil at the time. Which, at right now, is still Starlight. Y- yes. Yeah. <laughs> because she also wants to help the she wants to help the underdogs. She does. The show makes her grimier as the second season rolls along, and you see that even with the best of intentions, no one is perfect. The show really just likes right. to drag everyone through the mud. That's just what yeah. it does. Yeah. yeah. Like her whole storyline kind of reminds me of something a theology teacher told me in college once, uh-huh. where uh, if you still believe in the Bible 100% after this class, you're not paying attention. Like, <laughs> Like, that that just kind of is her to a T. Like, you know, like, she's she had all these ideal, idealistic views and, like, every single one of them ended up being wrong. And, yeah. um, and she's, like, and, and I have to, she's one of my favorite characters because she actually is the only one in the show that I think is doing everything for completely unselfish reasons. Yeah. Like, well, she's, she also shows growth as well because yeah. she's, she's changing. Well, she's adapting. Yeah. She's adapting to every situation that's thrown at her, and she tries to choose the the right the the closest the closest solution that will benefit everyone. Yeah, like, and I love the. I can't remember the actress's name, but um, like she's doing an amazing job, just like with her like physical performance where. In season one, you know, she's always, like, standing up straight, you know, popping the chest out a little bit. And um, in season the two, it's just pose. like she's in superhero pose. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, but in season two, she's just, like, slumped over all the time and just looks like a bundled sack of nerves and depression. And, uh-huh. Right, depression. And That's you can just exactly see, it, yeah. Yeah, and you can just see it on her entirety. Like, she walks in on scene, it's like, oh, she's not doing too hot right now. Like... 
it was just crazy. Like, I don't know. But the talent in this show is very, very, very good. And Carl and Carl Urban is amazing. So, like, I'll watch Carl Urban like gum off of a dirty gym floor. Like, he'll make it interesting. <laughs> he would make that interesting, actually. <laughs> Please don't make it that interesting. <laughs> I, I mean, don't if you're going to judge Dread Helmet, like <laughs> <laughs> Judge Dread Two, and I might say, and I clean up the gym. I must say that Jack Quaid is actually pretty good as yeah. uh, Huey as well. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I don't have any problems with any of the characters or how they're played. No, no, I no. I think no. it was really good across the board. Everybody they chose to be in this was he spot plays, on. He plays the weenie nebbish character very well, which is also the character he plays on uh, Lower Decks for Star Trek as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Boimler is Jack Quaid. And both times, yeah, right. like, I really like you, even though you're like kind of the worst. Yeah. <laughs> No, there are there are high points to the show that I like. I and I like the fact that the second season tries to deepen it more, especially with the superheroes that they have. Yeah, Homelander's completely reprehensible still, but they add more depth to Maeve and they add more depth to Starlight. And they even somehow managed to add like by knocking him down a few pegs, they managed to add more depth to A Train even. You still mm-hmm. don't like him, but he gets more interesting. And, of course, they beat the shit out of the deep even further, which is just hysterical. <laughs> so, I just, I feel like for two seasons now, even though they've managed to accomplish a little, the boys have themselves, maybe not Huey, because Huey at least is attached to Starlight and has his own plotline with her, but the three characters that are the boys, they're stuck in the mud. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm hoping that now that we actually have the, as you are alluding to, a storyline set up that's going to more closely mirror their status in the comics, as opposed to being very much outside Renegades right now, um, that might help them to, like, further the boys' character development and actually make them more interesting. Yeah. Well, the thing with uh, the the boys in the comic book, anyway, like, most of them had superpowers, like... Okay. Mother Smoke and Butcher had superpowers. I think Frenchie did too. I can't remember for sure because it's been a while. But so that's a big change they've done. Yeah, like Mother's Milk. If and this is like years ago, but I'm pretty sure he had some sort of uh, like uh, healing powers, and Butcher was kind of like a you know super strong, and um, so there was like it wasn't like a hopeless like oh we're unpowered and these guys are powered. So like it was it was like a quote-unquote good soups versus bad soups but they lost that completely in this show i mean frenchy is kind of their tech expert their cue and can design just about anything that can take down a superhero but you are right it's not the same equivalency yeah and i think some of the dynamic is a little lost on that it makes the tv show a little bit more us versus them yeah which isn't necessarily a bad thing yeah but and hey, they take down a Nazi, which is never a bad thing. Take them all down. Yes, please. So, <laughs> so I, anything further? Um, I think we kind of covered it. Yeah. I mean, you guys didn't talk about how they ended up killing the Invisible Man. I can't remember oh. what they did. Put a bomb in him? Oh. Yeah. Was it up his ass or something? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's right. He he was the first one to go. Yeah, yeah. Was was Starlight brought in? Be, no, Starlight. You said was brought in for Lamplighter, and then they just they didn't bring in someone to replace 
was it translucent? Well, well Stormfront yeah. was supposed to be replacing translucent. The, yeah, yeah. Right, translucent. Yeah. So yeah. that was second there season. Was that, there was that blind superhero that they had. That I felt Homelander. so bad for him. Yeah, yeah. that was terrible. Homelander is such a dick. He really is. Oh, my God. And he's going to completely lose it when he finds out about Stormfront. Yeah. yeah. Well, I his son is uber powerful, so... Like, and I think they're hinting at him being more powerful than Homelander. Yeah. Once yeah. he decides to tap into it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, season three is going to be interesting. It will. And then there's that spinoff featuring com- college-age superheroes that I have very little interest in. <laughs> wow. Uh, we don't need, I don't need the real world, the boys, okay? Right. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. All right, well, this has been Not So Live from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein. I'm Josh Schaefer. And I'm Queen B. Oh, hey, hey, here's one for you before we before we outro, and then we'll do that again. Um, if So so superheroes in this show, as is revealed in second season, get their powers from an early age because they're dosed with compound V. And then, I guess, puberty or whatever, they grow their powers, and then, woo, they, they have superpowers. So mm-hmm. if you could take a drug... To get your own superpower, any superpower, what would it be? Hmm. Probably um, teleportation for me. Teleportation? Teleportation. Yeah. So you, you move yourself any place you want on anywhere just by thinking about it and anything, I guess, you have on you or you're carrying comes with? Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, if, if I wanted to be a, a dick about it, my dick answer would be like the Scarlet Witch from the comic books superpower where... She can change um, probability. So I could be like, I have 100% probability that I can teleport. You know, like that would be my honest answer. <laughs> I think that's kind of too OP. That's a bit OP, but that's but I'm super lazy and I hate driving. <laughs> so <laughs> no, no, I get you. I like I'm sitting there going, what superpowers would I want? And they'd all be like really minor just to make my life a little more convenient. Right. Yeah. That's it's yeah. like I, I like I could take a Oh, I like the power from um, the power of suggestion, which is basically the uh, power they give one of the seven in um, in Umbrella Academy. Yeah, mm-hmm. the the I, like, I hear I, a rumor. Yeah, yes, I hear a rumor. Right. Yeah, I like that power. That's not bad. That one. could be that could be very that's very useful. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely a contrast show uh, against this one because I know that one's like veered off from where the comic book has gone. Well, Umbrella Academy, but like. I think the characters have a whole lot more growth on that show than we get in The Boys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, so, this isn't my real answer. I, I have a different one for my real answer. But, like, the one that I, I've heard that I thought was hilarious was uh, one from uh, Mab, her husband, Mason, uh, Mab being our sibling, uh, played in a uh, RPG where you were supposed to create, like, people with terrible powers. Uh, and one that he came up with that actually someone else ended up getting because they then shuffled up their character sheets was, you can fly limitlessly so long as you have a dick in your mouth. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Wait, I have questions. Yeah? I have so many things. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Does it have to be a live dick? No. Could it, that's could not, it be that... a dildo? It has to be a human dick. has to a be a dick. dick. A dick okay. dick. But that did come up in the climax of their game because the person playing them bit the dick off of someone else and then went flying around the room. 
Nice. Okay. <laughs> so, because it just says you have to have the dick in your mouth. That's it. That's all. <laughs> it doesn't have to be the full dick, or could it just be the tip? I don't know how much of it they bit off. I didn't play in the game, but I okay. thought it was funny nonetheless. And I mean, like, you're just sitting there going, uh, uh, you got to have at least five inches in your mouth, and you open up a pair of pants, you're like, oh, that's sad. On to the next one. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but my actual superpower, if I could have any, would be to go without sleep, without any ill ill effects of it. Oh. I just want to have more time in my day. I mm. see. Okay. I, I really don't like going to bed at night, because I like the night. And, I mean, yeah. well, I don't want to sleep during the day because I just want to be able to get shit done sometimes. At the same time, I just want more time to watch movies and play video games. Yeah. Fair so. enough. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's not a... How much awesome everything would be. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a great superpower, but if I could go without sleep and not experience any ill effects, I would get so much more shit done. It would be amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. I like that one. Okay. So... <laughs> Getting back to it. This has been Not So Life from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein, going without sleep. Josh Schaefer, teleporting to your living room. <laughs> Queen Bee heard a rumor. <laughs> and we will see you next time.